everybody, and welcome to Socks on Tap. I am Johnny Nani. I am joined tonight by Tony Marchese. Tony, uh, we are talking about a nice 7-2 White Sox winner in Anaheim tonight. Um, I mean, obviously, there are plenty of highlights in this game that we're going to go over, but also Bill Walton was on the call with Jason Benetti, and it made for some absolutely ridiculous commentary. Uh, what did you think of uh, the night overall? Um what the hell happened, dude? I've <laughs> I've got no words for this. I, I really don't. Um, great ball game, um, but definitely the most interesting broadcast I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, that's that's a hands down. Nothing has ever topped that um, in any sport, um, any live television event. I, I don't know if there was anything more off the wall. Uh, than that broadcast, but let's let's talk about the game first, and we can we can get to this in, in just a few minutes here. Um, polar opposite of what we saw last night, kind of here, Johnny. Um, the Sox they looked good, um, pretty much all around. Lucas Giolito, wow, just wow, wow. yeah, yeah. That's uh, that sums it right up there. Maybe you can get the uh, Owen Wilson, the Owen yeah. Wilson sound clip in there because, man. He was on fire tonight, Johnny. 11 strikeouts. <laughs> I mean, he walked three, but, I mean, he, he just looked like he was on. And, uh, you know, besides Bill Walton forgetting who the hell he was, <laughs> I think all of America now has seen Lucas Giolito put up a great game because everybody was tuned into this across yeah. the nation. It was great. It was great. So uh, I, I kudos to Lucas Giolito for putting on a show himself tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Six innings pitched, six hits, uh, two earned runs, three walks, like you'd mentioned. But the 11 strikeouts, that's huge. Uh, when Lucas Giolito is missing bats, that is a great sign. When any of your pitchers are missing bats, obviously. But for Lucas Giolito, I mean, it, just this kid is uh, – you'd thought that maybe some of the luster wore off a little bit just with the July that he had. But no, not at all. Um, he's back to his all-star form uh, like he was in the first half. And it, it is great to see you, you want to shut down a lineup like that. And one, one of those runs comes on a uh, home run from Trout. So best player in the game beats you. And G- Lucas Giolito was mad at himself for that. Yeah. He, he was, he, you know, he's kicking himself for that. Um, and it's like, okay, we, it's, calm down. We forgive you. We know what did we talk about last night? Sometimes it's better to just pitch around him. Um, you know, but with Lucas Giolito though, I think that it was fine for him to, you know, go after a trout tonight, uh, try, try to do strikeouts tonight. So, um, yeah, that's one of the runs that you give up and only one more other than that. And the white, the uh, white Sox offense does enough for you. Um, and especially, you know, getting the lead first. Uh, I think the mentality, when you're ahead is so much better just all around both yeah. pitcher and dugout at the plate wise, everything all around coaching staff, whatever you name it, all of the above way better when you, when you have a lead first. And I know the angels had gotten one back in that third inning, but you know, the white Sox still carried that uh, lead through the first third of that game. Yeah. I can't say enough about both ends of this. Uh, I think that the the White Sox getting on the board first um, kind of helped Lucas Giolito settle in and dominate through the rest of his start. His pitch count got pretty high today. Um, and, you know, he got through that sixth inning. 
uh, you know, just probably running on fumes there. But he was so amped up, man. I love that emotion coming out of him. I love seeing that 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 strikeout to end it there. You know, that that fist pump, Lucas Giolito, absolute great start tonight. And then, you know, you, you bring up the offense here. Uh, Lurie Garcia back in the lineup, starting to do Lurie Garcia things, man. Um, two hits tonight, scored twice. Uh, and then Tim Anderson right behind him, same thing. Two hits, scored twice himself. That's that's production out of the top of your order. We talk all the time about guys, you know, at the top of the order getting on base, getting getting in the the middle of the order, driving them in. Um, you know, obviously uh, McCann comes up big there uh, at, towards the end of the ball game with another grand slam. Um, this just this game had recipe for success written all over it from from both ends and. Despite the spectacle that went on in the booth, uh, this was a much better performance than we got last night. I think I mentioned that already, man. It, it, it was just such a breath of fresh air all around today uh, for the White Sox. You had talked about recipe for success, and I like that term, Tony, because last night we used it that the White Sox did not have a recipe for success, being down in such a hole and uh, playing from behind and trying to make it all up in the last inning there. Absolutely flip-flop tonight. Uh, I think that that is a big theme uh, that, that we're going to ride with here on the show. Um, I had mentioned it, the two runs in that third inning, um, how, how they got them. It was a Lurie leadoff double. So like you said, Lurie doing Lurie things, uh, becoming a catalyst again, uh, finally back healthy. Uh, after that little brief, ex, you know, kind of rest period, uh, I think it was bruised finger. Uh, that is what he kept him out. But then uh, Timmy right behind him comes up. It was a hit and run play. Uh, that is what opened the scoring for the White Sox tonight. Uh, made it 1-0. Um, Timmy got to second on a block. Um, Abreu grounded out but moved Timmy over to third. So productive out still there. Um, and then Timmy uses his speed, scores on a wild pitch. I mean, I know that's, you know, just uh, partially on the, you know, actually, it is totally on the pitcher, but that's what we always talk about being opportunistic. Uh, that, that put the White Sox up, um, you know, two to one there in that third inning. Um, and then, uh, you know, um, I think, dude, the, the, I really want to jump ahead to the McCann thing. I mean, there were a few other things here, uh, that, uh, <laughs> let up before this, uh, before the White Sox got to that point. Uh, next time um, White Sox scored was a uh, little bit of small ball. And as much as I hate to say it, um, you know, I, I am more of the never bunt crowd, but I will uh, give credit where it's due here. And, you know, Bill Walton was ranting and raving about in the booth. Uh, beef let off of the double. Uh, Jay sacked him over to third. Um, Yolmer. Uh, laid down a nice bunt and he singled on it. So instead of being a squeeze, it actually was a bunt single uh, that made the lead three to one socks. Uh, I still can't say I agree with the philosophy, but Hey, uh, the, the runs come in. And at the end of the day, it wasn't like sacrificing those outs end up costing the game. Uh, I know probability wise it can uh, later on, but we're not here talking about that. We were talking about the end result here, Tony and results are what we want. Here's my meatball take of the day here, Johnny. I don't give a damn if it's a bunt that scores a run. If you're putting runs across the plate and you're winning ball games, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and uh, I know you, I know you're part of that never bunt thing. Mm-hmm. Never bunt crowd. You know, there's a, there's a large outcry for it uh, on white Sox Twitter. We hear it all the time. I, I don't give a damn. It worked. I don't care yeah, how you win. Yeah. 
win ball games. And there's one thing, you know, I, I can, you know, may, may sound like I'm backtracking on my stance here, and I still, I'll stick by it. In over in general, I am still with that. Never bunt. But anyway, when we're talking about this situational, let's just look at the situation that was there. Gilmer Sanchez, man, um, he's not the guy that you're looking at to, I think, you know, the JSAC bunt could be a little bit debated because, you know, he has been hitting better than Gilmer has. Um, granted, he's it's a smaller sample size for, you know, being out so long to start the year. But anyway, um, with, with Yolmer there, I, I don't mind it. I, I don't say, I don't think I, if I was the manager, I probably wouldn't have called it. But here, it produced the results. So I don't mind it um, in that situation because I, I don't have all the faith in the world uh, that Yolmer can bring that run in, to be honest with you. Um, so yep. that, that that's that's where we got to the three runs there. Um, it, it was Trout's solo home run in the uh, fifth inning, bottom of the fifth, that uh, brought the Angels back within one, three to two. Um, and then in the uh, eighth, eighth inning, man, uh, James McCann loves his eighth inning heroics. Uh, it was a Lurie leadoff single. Angels made a pitching change. Timmy singles. Uh, Lurie gets the third on that. Abreu grounds to short. They come home with it. But Lurie had caught himself and stopped before he even got halfway down the line. So it's heads-up play there by Lurie. Loads the bases. They can't even get out at first there, uh, even with Jose running. Um, and then McCann, big bop. I mean, he pulls this one. The, the one that we saw on uh, Wednesday afternoon on the south side, that, that was an oppo shot. The wind kind of helped it, guided it. There was no doubt about this one. He smoked it left center tone. Yeah, he almost put it in that bucket. <laughs> that yeah. was cool to see. You almost put it in that bucket. You know, I, I'm loving the resurgence from McCann of late. Uh, he came out of that all-star break, and I don't know if there was something just, you know, maybe maybe it was fatigue. Maybe it was, uh, you know, just not seeing the ball well coming out of the all-star break. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't tell you what it was. Um, nothing really looked to change about his game, but – uh, obviously, it's a long season, and 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 players do go through their slumps. He's he's completely back to that first half stuff right now, and you know just just ride this. I I, I love two grand slams in a week. There, there's nothing to complain about when you're putting up those kind of those kind of numbers, this kind of production that he's been doing. He's been doing uh, not only just going deep, but he's also been getting some other hits here too. Um, tonight he had three of them. Um, obviously. The one that mattered and, and counted the most was was the grand slam. But you know, he's putting the ball in play and he's he's catching a good ball game. Uh, obviously, you you see the results from from Giolito tonight. So yeah, man. I mean, if I'm if I'm handing out a game ball tonight, it's going to it's going to McCann. Um, I could make an argument that it goes to Giolito, but uh, I think McCann uh, earned this one tonight. And I, I want to see this keep up. You know, I've I've been a, a McCann critic. You know that. Buzz yeah. knows that. Um, but you know, I love being proved wrong, man. I, I, that's, I, I think the one thing that, um, I love nothing more is being proven wrong by players performance. And that's McCann's done that time in and time again, time in, time out all year long. Um, so, Hey, give credit where credit's due. Absolutely. Uh, that about sums up the offense for tonight. Uh, I just wanted to get into the bullpen. We can touch on this real quick tone. Uh, Evan Marshall comes in right after Giolito and um, Evan Marshall, he throws, he's pitch, facing one batter, uh, makes an error. And I believe was that trout. Yeah, I think it was trout that yeah. uh, Marshall had made the error on yanked right after that. I know they're probably playing matchups there, but bummer comes in 
bummer unscathed uh that 1.65 era just wow what, what a uh you know resurgence from this guy we've talked about it before on this show but i want to hammer it home again because this guy is your go-to your shutdown uh he really is that bridge the gap type of guy there from giolito and then you get to uh after you know bummer's done then you have those those runs and then uh herrera comes in uh shuts the door and one thing on herrera good to see him back healthy tone i know the era is up there 688 um he gotten rocked in like the first rehab stint at Charlotte, and you thought, "Oh crap, is this just a waste, complete waste of money?" Um, I, I'm not, you know, saying that he's totally fixed and all the way back now just because of this one inning, a game that wasn't a safe situation at all. But it's an encouraging sign. You gotta start somewhere. Building blocks. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing here, Johnny. Uh, getting him in the ball game in this situation, kind of low pressure. You know, you still have Calame that you can go to if you need to. Um, you know, getting him some some ninth inning time uh, with a lead is better than having him come into a ball game that we're getting completely blown out in and trying to get him to work back some of these, you know, I wouldn't say high pressure situation, but this was a good safe lead where you had a little bit to work with. You're still playing with a, with a game here that that matters, and you got to get the outs. So, kudos, I think, a good bullpen move there from Ricky Renteria to go to Herrera in this situation because, like you said, this is a building block. Let's get him back involved. If we can get him back as an eighth inning, seventh inning kind of guy, um, you know, you also have Bummer. You've got Jace Fry. You've got a few of these options out here, especially going into next year, man, to to work with. And this is the perfect time to get him back involved in that. And I really liked the uh, the usage there in that situation for for Herrera. Yeah, and I, I need to uh, put out a disclaimer because I kind of have a soft soft spot for Kelvin Herrera, and I think you know that. Uh, I think all the guys at ONTAP know that just from our internal discussions, but uh, I really do because I'm not saying he was the best use of the money will be spent, but I didn't really understand the whole outrage when he was signed. Um, now, when you know he started getting lit up, I also I have a theory, though, that there was a lingering injury from the end of May that was kind of uh, hindering him a bit in this, but I, I want to see him do well is the bottom line. And back early first month of uh, the season, though, you look all of April, he was your eighth inning guy. Go to, he was. You go back to these early socks on tap shows. First ones we were talking about the one, two punch of Calvin Herrera and Alex Calame. And it would be excellent if we can get him back there. And if this is a building block towards that, I'm all for it. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, we're, you know, we're homers. We're, we're fans. We just got to, you know, put put our biases out there if it's there. And I hope uh, that can also lead some other people to have a little more faith in Kelvin Herrera, uh, especially if he keeps up outings like this. I know, like I had already mentioned, not super high pressure, but got to start somewhere. And let's see if he can uh, mold back into a role that he had early in the season. Absolutely, Johnny. I, I, I can't say anything more about that. He... Uh... He definitely is starting to look a little bit better, like you said. So, yeah, I, I hope that uh, your words here uh, don't come back and bite us. <laughs> I'll, eat, I'll eat it if I'm wrong, but it, it, it is a little bit of a bias. I really like Jace Fry. I really like Kelvin Herrera out of the pen. Um, so well, we'll see. We'll see how these guys do. I, I can be critical of them when things go wrong. But, you know, and uh, not that I don't want 
everyone on the White Sox to do all I do, of course. That's why we're fans. But uh, just, you know, you, you kind of gravitate towards certain people because you see something in them or, you know, they do well when you're there. I think that's also a big thing. When I was there earlier in the season, it was Kelvin Herrera was, was that eighth inning guy uh, for games that I was at. And you just felt like you never had any of that sense of security. So maybe it was just being hurt before uh, last mm-hmm. year, uh, last year when, you know, one of the worst seasons in franchise history. But anyway, uh, we can move on from that. Uh, that's enough Calvin Herrera talk. Um, Tony, the, we, we got to address it um, before we get into uh, next game. Bill Walton in the booth. We had mentioned it in the intro, but man, was it ever ridiculous? And by ridiculous, I mean off the freaking walls. Johnny, I, I just from the get go, you knew that this thing was going to be a roller coaster. And I'm pretty sure that's what Jason Benetti compared to. Um, right before right before first pitch it it was a roller coaster you had no idea what what the next statement out of this guy's mouth was going to be there were some great one-liners like i said right when we were starting this show i don't think i've ever seen something more off the wall on live television before because this was this this was just a total wild card man it was a wild card you did not know what you were going to get next yeah it was that that's Bill Walton for you. You got a little taste of that at the Maui Invitational. Obviously, that's more. I mean, Benetti can do both. Obviously, he works for ESPN, covers college football and basketball. So the first time they were teamed up was the Maui Invitational last year. Uh, college Hoops, that's right. More up Bill Walton's alley. So he probably has a little more ground to stand on. You know, when you're talking about the actual contest itself that they're calling, but obviously the commentary, uh, Bill Walton's just outlook on everything, uh, the way he words things, uh, the way he randomly breaks out into song. Um, we, you know, you and I, and I will call myself out here. I said, I think that's going to be insufferable. Um, I didn't really know exactly what the formatting was going to be, but they kind of just let it flow and there was no resistance. It wasn't like Benetti trying to school him on baseball. It just kind of, and you know for me cracking a few beers on a Friday night watching the Sox game I was going to be doing it anyway it added some comic uh, value uh, actually a lot of comic value uh, I was cracking up at some of them uh, which I usually you know uh, you're not usually doing that during a baseball game unless it's a laughable situation that you know the White Sox find themselves in so um there's there's absolutely no way I have a whole I kept a running tab of as much as I could all just the ridiculous things that Bill Walton had said during the broadcast his interactions with Benetti there's no way we're going to get to all of them there this thing could go on we would be recording this thing until four in the morning Tony so the the list is out there it is tweeted from uh retweeted from socks on tap you can go and find it there the whole list of these notes that I have there but uh, I'm going to go over a little bit of highlights, but before I get to mine, since I have them all written down here, did you have any one that you remembered that really stuck out to you? Johnny, the whole thing ran together in my head is just one giant train wreck of <laughs> whatever it was. It was a train wreck, but it was a great train wreck. It was, I don't even have words to describe this thing. Um, you know, some of the ones that, that come to mind are, uh, when he screamed "Go Angels," when <laughs> when the Sox were about to score, and I was just like, "The hell are you doing?" He had no clue. He's just saying yeah. shit, you know. And then, uh, um, you know, let me let me just pull up my phone here because I was I was texting a few of these uh, to certain people during the game that I found 
just completely ridiculous. And, you know, his his grandkids joining the booth and him losing them and forgetting about them, that that was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, the I'm better at getting high than I am at getting low when he was talking about uh, <laughs> the catcher. I mean, like, just, yeah, you know, th- yep. that one was great. And then, you know, d- dude, there's just so many of these. There's so many. And then uh, the the pitcher's mound is like the Great Pyramids. Have you ever been in the Great Pyramids? <laughs> yeah, that would have been rolling. Comparing it to environmental things is yeah. just hilarious because, you know, that's just the type of guy that he is. And Benetti can play into it somewhat. But there's some times when Benetti just, nope, I've never been there. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, just kind of uh, just letting Bill go, uh, letting him roll with it. Um, well, and the, so, the, the other one that got me really – riled up was during the pitching change. The, I think it was the first pitching change. You normally go to a commercial break uh-huh. and you don't get to kind of see what the, what the cameras are on or anything. Well, Walton's just going <laughs> and you know, the broadcast just let it go. They just, yeah. let it, they just let him go. Yeah. I noticed that. Cause then there were other ones later in the game that they cut out for. And he's like, Oh, what are we leaving for? <laughs> yeah. They, they, they didn't even like, they didn't even try and cut him off on some of them. They just write to commercial. It was yeah. just, they just, you know, and you know that he's still in the booth talking and Benetti's just probably like letting him go the whole time. And then um, probably my absolute favorite was when he asked Benetti, like where the, this White Sox team ranks on like the greatest mm-hmm. pantheons of all White Sox teams. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was very skillful of Jason Benetti to just let him keep talking because Benetti never even had to answer the damn question. He nope. just let him go. And and Walton just forgot that he even asked the question because he was already off on some other topic. Yeah. It was just phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> that, that was such a good one, too. Eh? And you pointed that out uh, in the reply to uh, Shy Sox Weekly guest Jordan Lozowski uh, when you had said that. <laughs> just, you know, A-plus by Benetti. Just letting him go. Um, he'll eventually answer his own question or just lead off into some other random world um, wherever his mind's floating at that particular moment tone. Um, all right, so I do have the running <laughs> list here. I'm just going to point out a few highlights of it. Um in the second inning, he is, you know, he's a deadhead. He's talking about the Grateful Dead. He'd say, oh, yeah, I can't wait to hit the dead tour in the summer. And then when it, however it gets on the subject, I don't know, but he's talking about the Maui gym. I think they'd brought up their, you know, broadcast together at the Maui Invitational. And he was talking about the sun illuminating the Maui gym and how it all refla- refracts and all this and that. And it was just like just so ridiculous like there is a clip of it out there they played it on the post game show too on NBC Sports Chicago it just unbelievable uh, I couldn't even get all of it because he was just flowing he, he was in the stream of consciousness man um, I couldn't even get it um, you had mentioned that I'm much better at getting high than getting low that was still in the second inning um, and then I uh, in the third inning, he, he broke out. He was already ready for the seventh inning stretch. He broke out into song a couple of times uh, on this broadcast. Um, but then they were talking about what the greatest marketing slogan ever was. Um, and I forget what Jason Benetti had mentioned, but then Bill Walton follows up with if it, if, for, with Viagra. If it lasts more than four hours, call your doctor. <laughs> His grandkids were in the booth. <laughs> yeah, this is the point where the, the grandkids are in the booth. 
just so ridiculous. And then he says, this is still third inning. He says, it's third inning. How many of these do we have? <laughs> well, and he lost track of the innings like four yeah. or five times. Oh, dude, it happened, it happened so frequently. I, I got to run down this list, Tony, because there's so many. We, we can add some commentary we need to. And so Wellington Castillo, Steo, this is the fourth inning now. Beef hits a leadoff double in this inning. And they show the replay of Beef rounding first, and he says, oh, that is the epitome of Usain Bolt. And I texted Andrew Kinsler, and I said, oh, yeah, he's saying about that, about Beef uh, rumbling, bumbling, stumbling around first base, because obviously Beef's one of the slowest on the teams. And then he says that when uh, Beef eventually scored there um, in that inning, he says, Usain Bolt crosses the plate, and there's nothing anyone can do about it, just bursting through the tape. <laughs> and then he asks it's a, at the end there because Lucas Giolito had multiple strikeouts in that fourth inning. He says, "What's the record for most strikeouts in a single inning?" <laughs> and Benetti had actually circled back on the question because I think he realized it that you know it was four, but like at the time I think Benetti had said three. Yes, but yes. then he did like you know, and then of course explaining the concept of a drop third strike to Bill Walton was just. You know, it just lost him. He was lost in space. Um, and then we'll just move through some more highlights here in the fifth thing. When they come back from the commercial break, Bill Walton's take a classic. Shy Sox John to bathroom break to start the inning. He's missing the <laughs> he's missing the first like <laughs> like batter of the inning. I just thought it was hilarious, so I had to classify it as that. A Shy Sox John to bathroom uh, play. He comes back. He's oh, you know, they changed the pitcher, right? Um, and then, uh, you know, Chuck Garfine asked him a question from the studio, which Grateful Dead song describes your mood right now? And he says, he says, Chuck, that's your name, right? Oh, it's all one song. And then he can t- proceeds to just go into specific song lyrics from the Grateful Dead. Just unbelievable, uh, unbelievable stuff. And then Trout it, it hit the home run in this inning. So he says, that's Trout swimming upstream, avoiding all the flies and sending one ricocheting through the universe. <laughs> Dude, this fifth this fifth inning was gold because then there's another one here. I hate to fucking fly through these, but oh my god, spray charts up on the on the screen. Where, oh where, yes, you know, I love this. For the, and he says, "Ooh, look at this! I love the colors. Rainbow is my favorite color." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh just. God. It, it just kept going. I loved when they were interviewing uh, Lucas Giolito's brother too. Yeah, and yet he didn't. He had no idea that oh. Giolito was even the pitcher. Like <laughs> he got like, he, I think Lucas Giolito's brother, poor Casey. He's only twenty years old. He probably got in the span of a half inning, which only lasted whatever it was, seven and a half to ten minutes, probably. He probably got a good thirty-five questions from Bill Walton before he could even finish his answers. Yep. <laughs> just so did, did you see the post game interview? Yeah, with McCann you're talking yes. about? Oh, we'll yes. get there. We'll we'll get there. I got to run down this list, Tony. We have so so many. Um I am not going to touch all of them. What a good quote though cuz I just want to hi- do the ones that I have highlighted here. He says it was after uh, it, a Trout play in the field. He says Mike Trout is awesome. Put a hook in him and take him home to Chicago with the team, please. When is he a free agent? If only no you concept knew. of what's if, going on. If only you knew, Bill. He, he is locked up for the rest of his career as an anime angel. Um, 
And then uh, he asks, what inning are we in again? And then Eloy, is that like an alloy? And then goes into all these descriptions of alloy metals. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. To end the, what was this? To end the six, the all-time quote here. Strike him out. Send him home. Come on. There's no chance. Take me out to the ball game. Turn the cranks. Go, Sox, go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we, we got a few. And uh, yeah, I love when he says, "Move the fence in." Uh, Jay just flew out. Routine can of corn fly ball to the left. Move the fences in, please. Um, and then, uh, oh god! And he, when he's talking about the wind, he's like, "Oh, you know why they call Chicago the Windy City? Not because of the wind, because of all the blowhards." And he goes, "Well, I'm just full of hot air." Um, and then, God, then a couple of, you know, legendary White Sox names here asking Benetti, oh, do you know Nancy Faust? Is she still alive? And then he oh, says, oh, dear Lord. And then it gets even better because he says, Mini Minoso, or is it Mimosa? <laughs> Bill's thinking about brunch already. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, all right, we're getting, we're getting here towards the end. Um, in, in the eighth, when he's talking about, you know, Jason was calling him out for getting like super excited on you know foul pop outs, and he's like, "I just love the sound of the bat, bam, bam." <laughs> As they're fading into a, uh, they actually went to a commercial for the pitching change in this one, and he says, "Fade to black, who dies last?" Like, what if existential shit is this, Tony? Like, <laughs> and then uh, there's another one that is the White Sox are killing them. When did, where does this team rank on the pantheon of greatest teams ever? Um, and then when they talked about McCann's uh, home run or grand slam, so that's my guy James. I got his back. He has sent that ball into outer space. <laughs> the pitcher is just tooling the angels. What's his name? Benetti interrupts Aaron Bummer. Bummer? He's not a bummer. He's a meteor. He's an asteroid soaring through the universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God! He asked what inning it was twice in the ninth inning. <laughs> <laughs> and then after the final out, he says, line up the parade. Michigan Avenue goes in the old Chicago themed speech there. And then they're showing the replay McCann's home runs. They do the play of the game, you know, right after he says, fly like an Eagle. Of course, he's another music reference there. And he, he just asked McCann a myriad of questions in this, you know, why are you still in your gear? No one's coming after you. What does a black stuff under your eyes do for you? Um, and he's talking about catching sliders. I thought you ate sliders. Uh, there's another game tomorrow and you catch every day. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, uh, uh, he's, how do you get that makeup off when he, when he's talking about the, uh, eye black under James McCann's eyes. Um, and, and then to cap it all off, uh, I think the one that we're, we're going to be making pretty, uh, widespread here in the coming days, Tony signs off. I mean, there was a little bit of banter after this, but the, the final line of his actual commentary on this signs off and says white socks forever. Love it. <laughs> I love that. Legendary. Just, he called this game like it was the World Series Game 7. And he was a fan that never even watched the team. It was, it was like watching the game with your bandwagon grandfather, who's never, like, followed the team before, but is super excited to be there. Yeah, That's what it was like. And it was it was it was great just for that that essence right there. Just it was great. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. 
I agree with you, man. That that is really the best way to describe it. Um, you know, his personality. He's a basketball guy, but even when he's on basketball, he's still talking about the stuff like that. Um, I'm sure after the success that this had, their success at the Maui Invitational had last year, I would assume Jason Benetti and Bill Walton will be paired up once again for college basketball this upcoming season because they are both with ESPN. So, um, I I would. You know, it would be a shame if they if they weren't together again. Um, I got to, you know, th- take my comments back from last night. I think I was just frustrated with the loss, Tony, last night um, a little bit, you know, just upset with everything, kind of a negative attitude towards any, anything going on in the world, White Sox related. So um, I, I will walk back my comments where I said, you know, I thought it was going to be insufferable. It was actually hilarious. Um, it was. There were times I will I will say though I, I know everybody's talking about how great it was and all this, wow storms rolling in, but we you know everyone's talking about how great it was. There were some times where it was a little bit frustrating. I know it was comical at times where you didn't know like what's going on, but it was a little bit cringeworthy at some points when there was just something completely wrong that he had said baseball wise, and Benetti tries to correct them and he doesn't even understand the concept of yeah. what's trying to be corrected. So that there yeah, was the, a couple moments. That, there was there was a couple moments where that happened. There was also a couple moments where you were trying to get some commentary um on what was actually taking place on the field. Um you know, where in a normal broadcast Steve Stone or Jason Benetti would have been a, you know there to explain what the situation was uh for for fans who watch the game to get that kind of commentary. So I could see where people would get frustrated with this. Um, but for people who watch 160 plus games a year of baseball, this was a breath of fresh air. It was definitely not a game to, you know, sit your child down and no. try and explain to them, you know, like what's going on in the ball field because you you just couldn't. Um and then there were a few comments, you know, about like extending Ricky and some other weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Where if, if you have been tuned into this team for a long time and hearing him say that, you just kind of shake your head and you're like, if if only you knew. Um, so I could see where there would be some frustration points in it. But if you if you just look at this from the outside and you step out of, you know, the whole White Sox rebuild and, and some of the frustrations and, and stuff like that. Um, this was definitely a game that was entertaining. The Sox played well, and you got to hear something that you just don't normally get. So, uh, for those reasons, um, you know, I think as a as a one time experience, this was great. This was absolutely great. In, yeah. In that. Right. And one one thing that I want to point out, you know, like you had said, the the real hardcore nitty gritty stuff of that, like you know, the Ricky comments, the James McCann Hall of Fame, all of this. Um, when you just look at it from a pure fan standpoint, and then the other thing when he had asked about, there was another point here I didn't have it in the notes, but he had asked Benetti about the White Sox best third baseman of all time, and Benetti had said something about Joe Creedy, and then the you know the Twitter goes nuts, and I I was one that jumped on. Uh, and said, you know, don't disrespect Robin Ventura like that. Um, so there were just some things like that where it, just your diehard fandom is going to get in the way a little bit of you enjoying it. But uh, overall, I think what you had said, um, definitely for a once in a uh, season type of thing, definitely worthwhile because the laughs uh, outweighed the cringeworthy moments, I would say. And it also brought a just 
complete waterfall of attention over the White Sox today. You got national media outlets picking it up. You got Barstool Sports. You got Bro Bible. You got all these, you know, other places that you'd never see the White Sox promoted in. Um, you got, you know, a, a wider set of eyes. And sure, it's because of Bill Walton, but. When you see what the White Sox actually did in this game, I'm glad it was a win and a win in a handy. I was just about fashion. to say the same thing. Um, it makes the White Sox look better. And if you're trying to repair a national reputation, and some people could argue with me on this, but I do think there is a national reputation that needs to be up, uh, you know, bolstered a bit, but especially before we get into this success period that we assume is coming in the few next few years and Field of Dream game another huge national stage next year um it, it, I, overall i think it was a good uh building block for the white Sox. i mean obviously entertainment for us fans that's what's first and foremost about us um you know about for this broadcast tonight but uh for the team itself i think it was overall a positive tone I do as well. I think it was a good uh, building block right there, um, especially that the White Sox won this game. That was going to be my next point here was you, you get blown out in this game while Bill Walton's calling it. You know, there's there's a ton of jokes that could have wrote themselves. Um, but the Sox did not do that. So, um, you know, just all around good night for the White Sox, I think, on the national scale, like you like you just said. Absolutely. So that was a lot of fun. Like I had mentioned before, this whole list of all these quotes, I didn't even read all of these. There, there are still more. We, the, that probably segment would have been at least quadrupled in length if I were to read everything that I had written down here. But you can go check all of that out if you just go to Socks on Tap on Twitter. Um, it's all there. It's all right there. You can go and read through all the notes that I had prepared for this show. Um, but uh, Tony, it's time to uh, get into the next game. Uh, it, it's a late one here, so you know we're we're gonna have to get up and at them tomorrow and uh, get back on the content grind. So let's get into the next game. Um, what? Uh, wh- where would we make a prediction for this game, Tony? That's what if, I want to know. If if you're gonna go make a prediction for tomorrow's game, there's one place to do it, and that is at secondcitypicks.com. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter at secondcitypicks. And if you wanted to make a pick for this game, you're going to go on there tomorrow morning. You're going to check and make sure that the White Sox are the team that you're actually picking for. It might be the Cubs. It might be the White Sox. Tonight, it was the Chicago Bears. Um, But if you want to win some free food while you're making a pick, this would be the place to do it. If you make the correct pick of the final score of whatever the game is tomorrow, and uh, usually the tiebreaker would be uh, the number of hits that the home team has, home team being the Chicago team that's playing in that game, uh, if you're the correct uh, pick, and uh, uh, yeah, if you're the correct pick there, you are going to win a gift card to a fine Chicago food establishment that's going to pay for your lunch, dinner, uh, maybe some beers. I know they had, uh, what was it, Jake Melnick's on there tonight, a mm-hmm. uh, great bar in Chicago. Um, you can just win some free food, free drinks. Uh, if you want to go crack them, uh, hopefully you were the winner tonight. Um, but hey, if it's lunch, it's dinner, it doesn't matter, it's free, because you picked correctly. Um, Johnny, I love free food, man. I love free food, too, and it's super easy. All you got to do, like Tony had said, go to secondcitypicks.com, enter your score predictions, enter your email. They will send you a receipt right away. It's automated. sends right back to you so you know what your picks are. And then if you win, uh, they just contact you and get in touch with you so you can get that gift card and get your free food, drinks, whatever it is. Um, that, it's that's also completely free. Picks. Yeah, it's also totally completely free. free. 
totally free to enter. No, no signups, no nothing. Uh, you just enter your email address so they send you the receipt and they know where to contact you when you do win. That's it. Um, let's move into tomorrow's game tone. Um, it's another another late one. Uh, we're going to be on the tie tie uh, at the end of the series tone, um, like Buzz is tonight. So um, anyway, White Sox Angels tomorrow night. Uh, 8.07 p.m. Actually, so an hour earlier this time. Uh, these were 9.07 starts for Thursday and Friday. Uh, 9.07, or excuse me, 8.07 start Central Time on Saturday night. It will be H- Hector Santiago uh, for the White Sox. He's won 1, uh, 7.11 ERA. With, uh, he's going up against Jose Suarez for the Angels, 2-4, and four, uh, 6.57 ERA. Um, I'm feeling a lot of offense in this game, Tone. I don't know about you. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um Santiago and Suarez are going to give up a lot of runs. I love the 7-11 ERA that he's sporting. Uh, maybe we should all get Slurpees before the game tomorrow. Um, might be a good omen. Uh, who knows? Um, really no predictions in this one, Johnny, for me. Um, if I'm going to Second City Picks, I'm making a pick. I'm going to pick something along the lines of like 10-9. to 9. Um, Just because, yeah, you never know what you're going to get out of this one. Watch it go and be a low-scoring ball game and a pitcher's duel. Hector Santiago going eight innings of uh you know one hit baseball um weird baseball weird yeah, weird baseball. baseball but uh you know it, it, pick to click this, this is a tough one but i'm gonna go tim anderson tomorrow um i like what i've seen from him over the past uh, little stretch of ball games here and uh let's hope timmy can can drive the offense tomorrow it's been a, it's been a little while since i feel like tim anderson has hit one of those majestic home runs and 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 done that whole bat flip thing uh really missing that right now so i'm, I'm hoping that ha- happens tomorrow i really hope you're right because i do miss that as well i love the fire swagger all of the above from tim um miss home runs too from him it's great the average is awesome i love that he's up in the 320s right now uh that, that is excellent to see but i do want to see the big the big bop from tim anderson um feel like he goes streaky on those so if he does start one then maybe it's a little bit of streak and we can get another few games especially rolling into minnesota i think it'd be a great momentum uh going into that series against uh one of the top teams in the al um because I feel like he just kind of goes and spurts a little bit. Uh, this is the kind of player he is. Anyway, my pick to click. Uh, my guy is back. Uh, I, I think you had taken him for tonight's game. Uh, I got to roll with Lurie, my boy. Um, he looks like he's healthy back. Took him a game to adjust back. And uh, I think he'll be the catalyst once again tomorrow night. Get it going. There we go. Probably both those guys are going to be in the top of the order. Let's see if they can set the table like they did tonight. Um, Johnny, anything else? Um, Tony, no, the, the only thing I got is go to ontapsportsnet.com. We have a bunch of great uh, new podcasts launching. Uh, our Bears podcast is up and running. They should have a recap of that preseason game tonight. Um, if you're a Notre Dame fan, I know a lot of Southside people are, you know, Southside Irish type. Um, if you're a Notre Dame fan, we've got a new Notre Dame podcast that just launched up at ONTAP Irish on Twitter. And then we've also shared those podcasts from our uh, main account at ONTAP Sportsnet there. Um, you can go and find that. We got fantasy football coming up. Um, just a bunch of great things over there at ontapsportsnet.com. So just go check that out. Uh, that, that's pretty much all I've got. Uh, like I had said about these notes about Bill Walton, if you want to go check them out, they are, uh, if you just go and find Socks on Tap on Twitter, you can go and find all all these game notes that have the ridiculous Bill Walton quotes from there. So if you, if you wanted a full rundown of them, I know we gave the highlights here, but uh, we do have a good selection of them 
there as well. Um, other than that, Tone, I- I'm excited to hopefully be watching the game with you. I know I will for sure with Buzz uh, tomorrow night, so we should probably be having an in-person episode of Socks on Tap coming for you tomorrow night. Yeah, maybe some live content as well. We'll have to see what the night brings. But uh, until then, man, White Sox forever. White Sox forever.